Welcome to J. Mosley Ministries Transformational Living Podcast. I'm Jackie Mosley, your host, and thank you for tuning in to this special episode. I didn't intend to talk about this subject, but I had a strong urgency about this for quite a while. And I put it off and put it off, but the message stayed with me. So I prepared this podcast on the spiritual implications of the coronavirus. So join me on this journey of biblical truth to look to the Word of God pertaining to the spiritual implications of the coronavirus. Let us pray. Gracious Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for your goodness, for your grace, and your mercies that are new every morning. Father, we confess and we repent and we ask for forgiveness of our sins. And we thank you, Lord, that you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. We thank you, Lord, that your spirit helps us in our infirmities and maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Father, we pray and ask for your touch today. We pray for your strength. We ask for your healing and restoration power, that you would deliver all those who are suffering in any capacity during this time of crisis. For you cause everything to work together for our good. God, those who are grieving, we ask for your comfort and peace. For those who lost family, friends, and co-workers to the coronavirus, I pray a special prayer for George Floyd's family. That you would send the comforter to comfort them. And God, that you would leave your peace. For you said, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. encouraging believers today to persevere in their faith in God in the midst of these pandemic and perilous times. The spirit of fear is running rampant 
and is terrorizing the minds and lives of humanity everywhere. But as believers, we know that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. The power, the love, and sound mind are the important characteristics for effective Christian living. The blueprint of Paul's message to Timothy rings true for us today to be solidly grounded in Christian service, to endure hardness as good soldiers during these difficult times. We have to pray and continue in prayer for the political leaders of this nation The scientists and physicians and medical staff, our families, our friends and churches and the police departments across this nation. Now is the time for a one-on-one with the Lord to study and meditate on the word of God, drawing near to the cross of Christ. Now is the time to love, care, support, and edify and build one another. But it is not time to be intimidated. It is not time to neutralize your effectiveness, your effectiveness for God. Allow these pandemic times to stretch your faith in God. Trust in the Lord for your provision during these times of uncertainty. Lean on Him. Depend on Him. My God today, don't worry or succumb to anxiety for your life. For it's time to seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And God will add everything that you need. It's time to revise your priorities and put God first. He is worthy of that position in your life to be number one. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. God sees and hears everything that is happening and going on around the world. So let's get started with this podcast episode, The Spiritual Implications of the Coronavirus. And as we move along with this podcast, please reference the scriptures and you can always refer back to them on a later date. During this podcast, I will read or mention 2 Chronicles 7, 13 through 14, Leviticus chapter 26, Numbers chapter 16, 
and chapter 25, Deuteronomy chapter 28 and chapter 30, Exodus chapter 20, John chapter 1 verse 12, <clears throat> excuse me, Acts chapter 3 verse 19, James chapter 4 verse 14, 1 Peter chapter 2, Matthew chapter 4 verse 4, and any other scriptures that are mentioned throughout this episode. Sometimes we get caught up in life and we forget that this life is temporary. God has a plan for eternity in heaven for believers. We need to be reminded that life in this earth is temporary and life is but a vapor. That life is fragile and that life is short. For the believer, our citizenship is in heaven for we eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, Peter begged the people, saying, Beloved, I beg you as soldiers and pilgrims to abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, because our citizenship is in heaven and we should live like citizens of heaven. Believers have a different set of values that is contrary to the values of this world. There is a vast difference between the values this world perceives as important and the values that the Lord commands as valuable. The kingdom of this world where man and the devil rules and the kingdom of God where God rules each operates under a different set of values and where you are depositing determines the treasure of your heart that leads to where you will spend eternity either in heaven with Christ the Lord forevermore or in hell in everlasting separation from Christ the Lord. The medical definition of COVID-19 is the virus that causes the disease that is a potentially deadly respiratory infection that originated in Wuhan City, China in December of 2019. COVID-19 causes lower respiratory infection found in your lungs or breathing airways. The COVID-19 virus can lead to complications such as pneumonia, respiratory failure, 
septic shock, and death. Many COVID-19 complications may be caused by a condition known as cyclotene release syndrome or a cyclotene storm that is an acute systemic inflammatory syndrome. This is when an infection triggers your immune system to flood your bloodstream with inflammatory proteins called cyclotines that is characterized by fever and multiple organ dysfunction that kills tissue and damage internal organs. Pandemics are not new in the world. They have been around since biblical times and quarantine and isolation are biblical when dealing with public health pandemics. COVID-19 is an invisible enemy, meaning we are fighting an enemy that we cannot see, but has manifested itself in physical form. How? Through symptoms, disease, and death. What makes people indifferent or not take this war on the coronavirus serious is that people tend to ignore or not believe what they cannot see. When a person sneezes or coughs or sings or even just talking, cannot physically see with the naked eye what is coming out of your mouth that is potentially deadly that can spread to many people in your presence. That is why this virus is invisible. Just because you cannot see the virus doesn't mean it doesn't exist or that it's not real or true because the number of hospitalizations and the death rates of people who were infected with the COVID-19 virus are manifestations that this invisible virus is real and potentially deadly and deadly in some cases. So what are the spiritual implications and valuable lessons that can be learned from this coronavirus pandemic? What message is the Lord conveying to all mankind, including the church? Most importantly, are we listening and learning? This pandemic is a public health invisible war. And here are several ways this country is addressing the virus and the preventative measures put in place to prevent and slow the spread and to flatten the curve. 
of new cases and the death toll rate. One is quarantine and isolation, which is the the stay-at-home orders or the shelter-in-place orders that occurred uh, at the beginning of the outbreak. Number two is wearing the protective equipment. For example, um, face coverings and masks and face shields and gloves. Number three is the social and physical distancing, being six feet apart uh, from each other when we're in you know, public places. Number four is temperature and fever checks. And so now um, in some establishments, uh, public establishments that you may go in today um, will require you to do a temperature check before you're allowed entrance into their establishments or businesses. Number five is hand washing and use of hand sanitizers um, to prevent um, the spread of the virus. And number six is disinfect surfaces where we, you actually have to clean and disinfect um, surfaces where the virus can uh, live for hours at a time. And then last, number seven, is testing and vaccine. These are the preventive measures that carry spiritual implications. And valuable lessons that can be learned from this pandemic. He who has ears, let him hear what the word of God is saying. America is a country that disagrees with God. And this country has told God that he is wrong and we are right. This country has asked God to leave because this country does not want God involved in its governance or way of living. America has been attempting to rise above God, removing any and everything that is a reminder of God and replacing God with the worship of man. My God, today, we are literally erasing God from every segment of society in our country today. That is sad and and disheartening. Because of this country's refusal to acknowledge and follow God. There has been an outbreak of that spiritual disease in the soul of this nation that is called sin, that has manifested in many forms that can be seen in this country. How folks treat one another, which has zapped the life out of America. My God today, and America cannot 
breathe. And I just, I want to, I want to interject here for a moment. Let me just deviate from this for a moment. This just came to me. Now, a man named George Floyd, who happened to be a black man, he was killed by a white Minneapolis, Minnesota uniformed police officer who put all of his weight on this man's neck while he was belly down or face down on the ground and detained with handcuffs. And this officer placed his knee with all of his weight on this man's neck until he passed away. But before George Floyd took his last breath, there was a number of things that he was saying. And one of the sentences that uh, George Floyd said was while he was begging for his life was that he said, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And it is really interesting that George Floyd's pleading of his life through the saying of I can't breathe happens to be one of the symptoms, my God, today of the coronavirus, which is shortness of breath. And it's also one of the complications, my God, of the coronavirus, which is why uh, medical professionals needed ventilators for COVID-19 patients who were experiencing complications who could not breathe. My God, today, in America, we cannot breathe because of how we treat one another. And another interesting implication for the preventive measure of the virus is hand washing. Because the way we treat one another needs to be cleansed. We need to cleanse our ways in how we treat one another and how uh, police officers treat the citizens of this country. The All the police uh, departments across this country needs to be cleansed. My God today, help us today, God. Oh Lord, we need you desperately. We need a cleansing of how we treat one another. And it's really interesting that one of the preventive measures, again, with the coronavirus is is hand washing. And they tell you to wash your hands for for 20 minutes. And, And when you're washing your hands, you wash them with a scrubbing action, like you're trying to get something sticky off your hands. Well, we're sticky with hate. We're sticky with 
division, with racial hatred. We're sticky with discrimination. We're sticky with inequality. And we need to wash our ways and cleanse our ways. But you know what? That that cannot happen apart from Jesus Christ. Because his blood is the cleansing agent that has the power to change, my God, this country, to help us to recover, my God, from this disease called sin that is taking us out. My God, today, America's arms are too short to box with God. We cannot win. That is a battle that we will never win. We cannot fight against God and expect to win. We will lose every time because God is almighty and he's all powerful and his ways are not our ways are not our, are not like our ways but they are higher than our ways his thoughts are not our thoughts but they are higher than our thoughts god is all powerful god is omniscient he's all knowing he's omnipotent he is all powerful And there's nobody like God. There's no one like the Lord. And we cannot win. And this is what God is showing us through this virus. My God, today that he is in control. My goodness. Psalms 24 one through five is speaking to America today. And it's reminding us that God is in control. And it reads, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it, the it meaning the earth, upon the sea and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hole, into the hill, I'm sorry, of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false or vanity and does not swear deceitfully, He will receive blessings from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Listen, God is the founder and the owner of this earth, the whole planet. He created the land and the seas. God has created mankind. He breathed the breath of life into the nostrils of man and created a living soul. God created life, not us, but he did. And God owns the soils of all land in the earth. 
my God today. God is sovereign and can do whatever he pleases to bring about or accomplish his will in this earth, which is the way that Jesus taught us to pray. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Whether pandemics are a plague and affliction directly by God or whether it is indirectly because we live in a fallen world, it is still God who willed it to happen because he is the creator and maker of the human race and the universe and nothing happens apart from his sovereign control. It doesn't matter if folks do not believe God's word. It doesn't even matter because that does not make God's word of no effect just because somebody don't believe it. God's word is going to move forward. It's going to come to pass. A lot of the word of God has already prophetically come to pass. And there's much more that will come to pass despite anyone's unbelief. Now, there were certain plagues and afflictions in the Bible that God used as penalties against his enemies and penalties against his people, the Israelite people, to warn of the consequences of disobedience, murmuring against God and hostility towards God, or to make people see his power, indicating his sovereign control over diseases and other afflictions. In the book of Exodus, God sent the 10 plagues upon Egypt, his enemy, while delivering the Israelites. After giving the Mosaic law, God commanded his people to obey it or suffer many evils, including something that sounds like disease in this scripture. The Lord will strike you with wasting disease, with fever and and inflammation, with scorching heat and drought with blight and mildew, which will plague you until you perish. Deuteronomy 28 and 22. For further examples of plagues and afflictions, uh, read Leviticus chapter 26, Numbers chapters 10 and 11, Joshua chapter 24, and of course the book of Exodus for more information. Now, there are two things that can occur at the end of the coronavirus. One is recovery. That is the equivalent of life. Or there is death. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 is Moses' farewell message near the end of his life to the people of Israel 
He called them to renew the covenant and commit to follow the Lord, saying, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your offspring may live. And the same choices applies to us today. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 reads, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. God has offered the world his gift of eternal life because it is not his desire that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Second Peter 3 and 9. But one thing is crystal clear, that this nation the United States of America has chosen death because we are removing life from our very existence, both natural life and spiritual life. Another spiritual implication of COVID-19 is that this country has been infected with sin that has become inflamed, causing moral failure and spiritual death. The immune system of this country has been weakened and compromised in all segments of our society. For example, the judicial system, the educational system, the political system, the economic system, the healthcare system, businesses and corporations, churches and family units are all weakened and compromised. God has taken the temperature of this country and we have a dangerously high fever. And when you have fever in your body, that is indicative that you are ill or that you are sick. And America, this country is sick with sin that is literally killing this country. We are sick to the core and the our internal workings of this country. All of the segments of society, those are those are our internal organs in this country. And they're all sick. And we are in need of treatment. My God today. We need treatment. And the treatment that God 
wants to give us is his son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross. For John 3 and 16 said, for God so loved the world. God loves America. And he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, it doesn't matter who you are, what color you are, how much money you have, you are the whosoever. Believeth, if you would believe in him, shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. And when we as a country turn back to God and repent of our evil ways and our wicked ways and our sin, my God, and start to seek him and implement policy. that is pleasing to God, that will glorify God for the good of humanity, not the destruction of humanity, but for the good of humanity. Then this country can be healed. But that is the treatment that the Lord wants to give this country. We have to, we have to accept Jesus Christ and implement God's ways into the governance of this country and into the ways of our life as a people, as a nation that honors God. We have to reinstate God back into the judicial system and the educational system, in the political system, the economic system, the healthcare system, we need to, to reinstate God back into our businesses and corporations and churches and our families so that we can experience restoration and healing from God. But until we do that, we will continue to reap destruction. My God today, from our weakened and compromised immune system in all the segments or the internal workings of this country. This country has centuries of spilled blood that has been crying out to God from the ground. And spilled blood is from all sorts of things that this country has done to mankind, to each other. The devaluation and destruction of human life that God has entrusted to our care. America's insolence towards God, towards family, towards church, towards parents, towards children, towards employees, towards employers, towards friends, and even strangers is reckless and outrageous. I'm reminded of what Moses said to the people, to the Israelites. In the book of Exodus chapter 20, he said, Do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the 
fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. Exodus 20 and 20. My God today. Now it's interesting how the medical professional profession or the scientists are working to develop a vaccine for the coronavirus. And this scripture is a vaccine to help cure part of the problem that this country has, the sin problem, is that we have no fear of God. And the word clearly just said that the fear of God keeps people from sinning or from sin. But the fear of man causes people to sin or leads people to sin. That is the vaccine that this country needs as a a remedy for sin. And then, of course, you know, the, the cross of Christ and the blood of Jesus that was shed for the remission of sin. For without the shedding of, of the blood, there is no remission of sin, which is the remedy or the vaccine to cure America's sin problem. But before you go to the cross, you you have to fear God. And the fear of God is not a mindless and cold obedience, but it's thoughtful, it's prayerful and full of joy. And the fear of God just sees the opportunity to obey God as an honor. My God today. So those infected with COVID-19 and those who were around people who may have had have been infect, infected has to be quarantined and isolated to prevent the spread of the virus. My God. And you know, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about the spiritual implication of quarantine and isolation. And, you know, I think God has just given us a break from each other because of all of the things that were going on prior to the the outbreak of the coronavirus was just awful. And sometimes we just need to to take a break from, from one another because of how we treat one another. Now, medical professionals and others need to wear protective equipment to prevent infection. Now, this spiritual is a spiritual implication to the spiritual war that is going on, the conflict between Satan and God, and we are in the middle of this conflict. And if if we as believers want to be victorious or live a victorious life, we must put on our protective 
equipment, which is the whole armor of God, my God today. And that protective equipment is designed to help us to stand against the wiles of the devil, the trickery and the deceit of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Ephesians chapter 6. Read that, please. Verses 10 through 18. My God today. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We are not to fight one another. My God. But we need to pray for one another. Love, forgive, and help one another. So returning to the pre-corona state of the world, it is then we can spiritually see within the symptoms and prevention of the coronavirus that there were many problems occurring within mankind and the church before the outbreak of the virus. And as I mentioned before, it is crystal clear that there is sin in the world and there is also sin in the church. And the world and the church have chosen death. The church, as painful as it is to even mention this, is identical to the world today. There is no visible difference. The same things that are happening in the world is also happening in the church. Now let's review a small portion of this unfortunate portrait. Number one is mass shootings, gun violence, and domestic terrorism around the world, especially in America. This country is infected with mass shooters and has caused fear and panic, resulting this nation to stop breathing and brought death for the love of many shall wax cold on a mass level. And the, the implication to the coronavirus is that it has brought forth death in massive numbers, just as mass shootings have. Number two is sexual assault. Sexual violence in America is staggering. A approximately one in five women and one in 38 men in the U.S. has reported, completed, or attempted rape at some point in their lifetime. This country is infected with violent sexual predators and has caused the spread of depression, anxiety, and fear to their victims. Just as the coronavirus has brought forth depression, anxiety, and fear 
in the lives of the masses. There is the correlation. My God, today, racial hatred, racial hatred in America divides people, families, and society. God is the creator of all people, and he did not make all of humanity for division. God made all people for different, I mean, I'm sorry, God made people different for complementary reasons. He made all people different for complementary reasons. And diversity is beautiful and good for God said he saw everything that he has made and that it was good and very good. And the scripture even said that it is he that has made us and not we ourselves. So who are we to tell God that he is wrong for making people who don't look like us. God help us today. Who are we to try and get rid of or exterminate and eliminate people who don't look like us? Who are we to raise ourselves up over another or other races of people in with attitudes of superiority? and entitlement. My God, today, we are telling God that he is wrong. My God. God has made mankind. He has not given mankind the creative power to create uh, brains or a heart or lungs or liver or kidneys out of the thin air. Yes, you know, medical professionals can work on those organs. They can transplant and move those organs from one body to another. Which lets us know that we are all connected. We, we all have the same internal organs. And there's really no reason to be divisive over ethnicity or nationality. But this country is infected with folks with hateful hearts that have caused the spread of prejudice, discrimination, inequality, and poverty. And the parallel to the coronavirus or the implication is that look at the physical distancing or the social distancing, which is we can't even we, we have to separate ourselves from one another as a result of this virus. And, and that is what racial hatred has done in this country. It has separated and divided us.
So the, the coronavirus has um, physical distancing or social distancing. Because if we come too close to one another, we'll infect one another. And that's what happens with, with racial hatred is when people get together. My God, today, they infect one another with their racial hatred and then they spread that. They spread their hatred. My God, today. Number four is domestic violence. And on average, nearly 20 people per minute are physically abused by an intimate partner in the United States. This equates to 10 million women and men during one year. Domestic violence divides husbands, wives, and children. And this country is infected with abusers that has caused the spread of divorce, broken families, fatherless children, and poverty. Just as the coronavirus has caused physical and social distancing of ourselves one from another. Number five is drugs and alcohol addictions. In 2017, there were 70,237 drug overdose deaths in the U.S. And deaths from drug overdose continues to be a public health burden in the United States. There were 35,823 people who died of alcohol-induced causes, including deaths from dependent and non-dependent use of alcohol, and deaths from accidental poisoning, unintentional injuries, homicides, and other causes directly related to alcohol use. This country is infected with drug and alcohol abusers that has caused the spread of damage, hurt, pain, and harm to themselves and others. Just as the coronavirus, it kills and damages tissue and internal organs causing death among many people. My God today. And the last piece of this unfortunate portrait is falsehood. All people have been adversely touched by falsehood, such as lying, gossiping, slandering, backbiting, spreading rumors, deceit, extortion, railing, slander, defrauding, breaking promises, craftiness, hypocrisy, dishonesty, whisperers, idle words, withhold all of the truth, double-tongued, bragging, boasting, flattery, exaggerating the truth, whining, speaking evil of others. This country is infected with people who love transmitting falsehood and it has spread to all areas of society and is 
highly contagious, which has contaminated the lives of many people. And the implication, the spiritual implication of falsehood in connection to the coronavirus is that it has spread it to millions of people through respiratory droplet transmission. My God today and falsehood, I'll say it again, falsehood, my God today is a deadly It's deadly communication that comes out of your mouth. And just as the coronavirus preventive measure that requires a face covering or a covering of a mask to prevent the spread of this virus, my God, today, we must cover our mouths if we don't have nothing right or good to say if there's nothing truthful then don't speak don't even let the corrupt communication and falsehood come out of your mouth my God today So throughout this pandemic, there was a massive demand and shortage of ventilators, which is a machine that breathes for patients who doesn't get enough oxygen. And the doctors had to decide who lives or dies. And the lesson we should learn from this viral pandemic time is that life is short and temporary. In James chapter 4, verse 14, it says, Whereas you don't know what your life will be like tomorrow, for what is your life? For you are a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. This means that we cannot predict or control the future. We have no idea what will happen tomorrow, for our lives are temporary and fragile. We are a mist that is here for a moment and then gone the next. My God, today. My goodness. Throughout this pandemic, the quarantine and isolation of the coronavirus has prevented folks from being present with their loved ones when they passed away. They didn't get the chance to see them or say goodbye. This pandemic shows us the reminder that each of us will stand individually before the judgment seat of God. Each of us will give a personal account to God. This awaits every person, every person that is living on this planet called Earth will have to stand before God. Each of us will have our time standing before the Lord one day 
and we will give an account of our lives to him. Romans chapter 14, verses 10 through 12. Throughout this pandemic, God has allowed some folks to recover from the virus, for they have received God's grace, mercy, and extension of life to give God the glory and the honor. This pandemic shows God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4. Throughout this pandemic, God has enabled doctors and healthcare workers to care for the sick and to save natural lives. This pandemic shows us the medical salvation of man is temporary, but Jesus saves the soul and the salvation of Christ is eternal by his death, burial, and resurrection. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. John 3 and 16. God always have the goal of repentance and restoration in mind. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, God said to Solomon, When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people, he said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. We are so quick to want God to heal this land. But, and we will yell and scream and we'll quote this scripture. But this is a conditional, this healing comes by condition. It's conditional. We have to humble ourselves. We have to pray. We have to seek God's face and turn from our wicked ways before God will hear us, before God will forgive us, and before God will heal us. The condition is humility, prayer, and repentance. My God today, and God uses disaster to draw his people to himself, to bring about repentance and the desire to come to him as children to their heavenly father.
my God today. So in closing, I want to leave you with some takeaways from the spiritual implications of the coronavirus. Choose eternal life with Christ for today. Today is the day of salvation for tomorrow may be too late. We are all connected. So love and forgive one another as God has loved and forgave you. We are all connected. So harden not your heart towards God for it desensitizes your conscience and it makes it difficult to determine right from wrong. But repent to receive God's healing of your heart today. We are all connected, so do good and share what you have with others. You know, those, the Bible says, uh, to whom much is given, much is required. And those who have much, my God, today, it would be awesome to hear of reports of you bringing somebody's life out of a crisis. Someone who have lost their job and, and can't, you know, pay their rent or their bills and they're, they're suffering loss. It would be wonderful to see more reports of those who have much to bring lives out of a crisis. Share and, and do good with what you have towards others. We are all connected, deal honestly and truthfully with all people, for the truth shall make you free. For those who do not know Jesus Christ as Savior, this coronavirus, this disease, should be a reminder that life on this earth is tenuous and can be lost at any moment. And as horrible as pandemics are, hell, eternal separation from Christ in hell will be much worse. But the good news and the hope is that there is room at the cross for you. Come to Christ, believe and receive the gift of salvation. Repent and be broken and sorrowful for your sins before the Lord. For John 1 and 12 says, But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become the children of God. He is waiting to forgive you. My God today, Acts 3 and 19 says, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And God wants to freshen you up, to give you newness of life, to invigorate you, to cleanse you from the filth of sin and remove the weight of sin from your life and start the transforming process into the likeness of Christ. Thank you for listening in to Transformational Living 
depositing for eternity as spiritual millionaires. Tune into the next episode, Is the Church for Unbelievers? This question will be answered, applying biblical truth. Also, Babylon is falling. Dishonest scales, weights, and merchants will be coming very soon. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. God bless you and keep you is my prayer.